that time again another episode of bass edge radio excited to have another show for the listeners right here august 1st 2016 that's right kurt dove since we're on a formal basis and uh, i'm sure if you're like i am right now with the heat you're doing a lot of beaching of that boat and what better product to have than a megaware keel guard keel protector do it yourself Less than an hour can be installed and certainly saves my boat from the grinding sand and abrasive rocks when launching next to that boat ramp sandbar. Do a little grilling for you. I know it's all about the sunbathing, so I'm sure you're making use of yours on a regular basis. I use mine all the time. Love it. Wouldn't know what to do without it other than make a lot of trips to the fiberglass shop. So uh, happy to have a keel guard on my boat and happy to get another episode of Bass Egg. Edge Radio on the books. Let's do it. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, certainly the mercury has risen. It is hot to say the least. But interestingly enough, a couple things out on the old Bass Blaster that uh, just popped into my email. I really at opposite ends of the spectrum, man. You know, this time of year, you're thinking about being out deep at Kentucky Lake. Man, dude gets it done shallow, five feet or less. And then kind of uh, all the news coming out about ICAST with all the great stuff that's coming down the, the pipeline. One thing that did catch my mind, can it be true? Is there really a crankbait? that dives 40 plus feet. Well, uh, let me refer back to the Kentucky Lake deal. Yeah, crazy July. Dude didn't just catch fish shallow. Dude jacked them shallow, 24 and change. Oh my goodness. Kentucky Lake on fire, 23 was second place, 21 and change third, uh, just crushing them out there. But to catch them shallow that time of year, I don't care how high or low the water is, 
that's flat out getting it done just shows the ability that fish can be anywhere. Don't close your mind to just, okay, hot summer deep. That's where you got to be because they can obviously be caught shallow. And uh, the iCast mentioned man's coming out with a 40 pluser. Holy Toledo. I mean, I crank that Strike King stuff and uh, them big Strike King things, they'll put a whir out on you. And I'm just imagining that a man's 40 plus going to put a whir out on you as well. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the only way I can get anything down that deep is throw it on a Carolina rig, you know, like a jerk bait or something. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it ain't happening. It ain't happening for me. Well, but. just so everybody knows, you know, easy to get all this information, Bass Blaster at BassGold.com. Be sure to send Jay Kumar an email. Get signed up for the Blaster. All this great information can be found out there, and uh, he delivers it right to the email box. You don't have to Google search nothing. He's just, you know, he's basically giving you a layup for lots of good information in the uh, fishing industry about tournament fishing, winning baits, winning tactics, all kinds of stuff. So a super big shout out to Jay Kumar at the Bass Blaster. So, Kurt, uh, a lot of stuff going on this month, man. I just got back. I've been kind of doing the uh, National Parks uh, tour, I guess, if you will. I started out at Glacier Park, went south into Yellowstone, and then on into the Grand Tetons, and then uh, later went on down into Sedona, into Boyenton Canyon. So it was kind of really neat. Hard to believe I was actually up in that part of the country without a rod and reel. I saw some of the most gorgeous water. And for our brothers who like to uh, do the trout thing, good night i mean they were they were slaying them with the fly rods that's awesome man yeah beautiful part of the country and nice to get a little respite and uh, out on the uh out away from the missouri land for a little bit right that, that's so. right that's right but you <laughs> on the other hand you were still hard at it you had the uh the big kids camp going yes. on down at amistad you are right on the spot brother we had the kids camp biggest year ever had 28 kids man it was good fishing down here you know with a lot of vegetation right here at amistad Not not surprising, you know, these lakes are coming back pretty good, but uh, super happy to be able to have another successful camp, Pro Bass Camp. Dot com. If uh, folks want to learn a little bit more about what we do here down at Lake Amistad, this was our fifth year. Thanks. Big shout out to the Donald R. Kemp Youth Hunt Club out there in Las Cruces, New Mexico, that helps me put this uh, gig on. And uh, my buddy Chase Kemp, Roger DiCamillo, couldn't do it without those guys. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a whirlwind. Happy to uh, been at home here for a little stretch, uh, even though, like you said, it's it's hot. Heck, dude, I was up in your neck of the woods back in June for a MLF event on Lake of the Ozarks, and uh, dude, it was blazing up there during that time man it was like freaking 95 degrees i thought dude i'm going to missouri i'm gonna cool off a little bit things are gonna be all happy and uh man i was sweating like crazy it's just been hot everywhere all year long continues to heat up and bass edge continues to heat up because we got a super cool angler coming right at you never been here with bass edge but uh, he's getting ready to fish a big tournament with flw on lake wheeler called the cup let's listen up to wesley strader Bass Edge Radio has a veteran angler, but a newbie, obviously, with us today here on the mic. Longtime FLW Tour angler, and might I add, very consistent performer. Certainly one of the best from East Tennessee. Welcome professional angler, 
Wesley Strader to the show. Thanks for being here with us, Wesley. Uh, thanks for having me on, Kurt. Well, hey, Wesley, uh, like Kurt said, great to have you here. I'm going to dive right into it. And, you know, Kurt always gives me trouble about my schedule, how busy I am concerning social to work and my day job and fishing and all that. But when I look at your schedule this year, all I can say is it makes mine look like an open book. A 14th Angler of the Year finish on the FLW Tour and win at stop one of the BASS Southern Opens. And I see you're fishing the BASS Northern Opens as well. Not to mention, you're in the midst of practicing for the Cup. Looks like all this fishing is working out for you this year. Well, you know, uh, I have been pretty busy this year. Uh, it's uh, one of those things that uh, the more you fish, the more you stay in tune with fish. And uh, I'm not going to say it's not tiring, but I still love to go fish today just like I did when I was a kid. And any chance I get to go do it, I'm fired up. Well, that's awesome to hear. So when you're putting your schedule together this year, are you thinking, holy crud, what am I getting myself into? Or is this something that you kind of had planned? for a while what was your thought process and keeping that line wet as you might say throughout the entire year well you know i i fished a lot over the years but i just barely missed making the elites last year i think by two places on the southern uh the southern opens or no the northern opens i'm sorry and uh you know i thought you know if I, i give myself two chances to maybe do that you know to keep my options open in case you know you never know what's going to happen in the future so you want to keep those options open that's why i decided to fish two divisions of those opens this year so you know i knew it was going to be a lot a lot of traveling and a lot of, a lot of other things you know all the other things i have scheduled going to besides fishing so but uh with the help of my wife she's been a real trooper she's come on board the last couple of years as uh kind of the person that's managing the, the business side of it and uh it's been a truly a great asset to have her on board and and things have, uh, they just they just keep getting better. Well, Wesley, you've been at this a long time. I think close to 20 years, perhaps, just on the FLW tour, plus or minus. But you know, with any athlete, with any professional executive, I don't care what you're doing for a living, burnout is always a possibility, and we all go through kind of some lulls, you know, throughout life. But how is it that you ward that off and stay at the top level that you have for so long? I just have a passion for fishing. It's just. Um, I love competing. You know, I see a lot of guys that come and go like that. They get burned out on it. But I think if you're truly passionate about what you do, you never work a day in your life. You love what you do, so so you don't get burned out. So that's the way I look at it. The good Lord has blessed me with the opportunity to make a living doing what I love to do, and I don't want to squander that. or get, I'm, I'll never get tired of it. That's the way I look at it. If, like I said, if you truly love doing something, it's never work. It's just fun all the time. That's awesome, man. Really like to hear that. Let's chat iCash really quick. Just a couple weeks ago in the books, saw some stuff online. Uh, you were spending some time with your sponsors, TH, I saw you with a couple other places. What products are you most excited to see some of your sponsors come out with for uh, 2017? Well, you know, one of the great things that I was excited about, and I was instrumental probably in helping test this product that's coming out, was the Kong Dual Mount from TH Marine. It's, uh, I actually got to run, I've been running that for a whole year now, and it's pretty bulletproof, dude. It's pretty awesome. It's so easy to get your units on and off your boat, and plus it's just that the build the effort of having two units at the at your console is it's, it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty fired up about that. Do you run two units at your console currently? And if so, what size do you think it's better to go with those big kind of 11, 12 inch screens? Are you kind of doing that seven to nine inch screen? I have been running the HDS nine for like the last couple of years, and uh, my eyesight's still really good. So 
you know, I, I just I, I like the smaller units, the nine-inch screens, because your field of vision in front of you, as far as driving, isn't obscured. You know, I may go with 12 this year. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But for now, the nine suit my needs, and um, that's what I'm comfortable with. I can see good. The pictures are great. So that's, that's what I've been running. Oh, very cool. The screen, the the whole electronics thing, you know, over the last, I don't know, eight years has just gone completely bonkers. You know, the boat companies have such a hard time kind of keeping up. It used to be everybody had, you know, the little five-inch screen, you know, kind of mounted into the uh, holes and, and everybody was buying nines and, you know, having to put them on gimbal mounts and stuff like that, like the Kong from TH, like you're talking about. And uh, now the boat manufacturers, they're the whole you know, in the halls are getting bigger to hold those nines and twelves, but now we're going double up, right? So it's a no-win situation for those boat companies trying to keep up with the electronics world and and how much we're putting on our boats. It's it's actually pretty amazing. I, I say in the future, somebody's gonna have a boat in tow with just nothing but electronics on it. So they, <laughs> either that, or they're gonna have one of those torpedo transducers they're pulling behind their boat. So who knows? That, that's the thing about fishing; it's changed, it's evolved. I can remember when I first first started you know i didn't even have a depth finder on my boat i just had a flasher on, the, on my console and no unit on the front i used my rod to see how deep it was and uh, i could probably go back to doing that but it's a whole lot nicer to be able to see what you're looking at and what you're fishing for and the, what the bottom composition and everything is you know with these new units so uh it, it's definitely changed the game there's no secrets out there i mean uh, you know it took hours and hours to find one school of fish out there you know just with a flasher and a paper map now it's uh you can just run to the juice and be done in five minutes and go to the next spot so uh, with all this mapping and everything it's definitely changed the game no question about that so going back to iCast you got a chance to uh although working hard for your for your sponsors but i'm sure you got a chance to maybe check out some of the other things in the in the hall there in orlando at iCast anything that you can tell our listeners that really caught your eye that they should be looking for coming out that uh, you were thinking hey that's well, a pretty cool deal you know uh you know i didn't really get to walk around a whole lot i just went you know i went from sponsor booth to sponsor booth but one thing that did catch my eye is uh, I got to go by that live target booth and see that new swim bait they had. And it was, that's about as close to a thread fin shad as you can get without it swimming up and jumping in your live well. You know what I mean? It's, it was <laughs> truly, I don't know how it's going to swim, but as far as the detail and how it was just the shape and everything was just really cool. If it swims anything like it looks, it should be a really good bait. That's exciting. I mean, it truly is, like you said, not only with the electronics, like you mentioned, with kind of what's going on in those developments, but also really within the bait manufacturing. It's just quite impressive to see what the industry is doing and, and how it's kind of pushing the envelope. Additionally, you know, Wesley, it's really neat to have you here on the cusp of, I mean, you know, this episode airs, you're in practice for the Forest Wood Cup, and it's getting underway. Were you able... Or or have you been able to spend some time on Wheeler, you know, prior to the off limits? And if so, what do you kind of see setting up and how do you think the event's going to play out? You know, actually, I try not to go before because things can change so much. And I've grown up on the Tennessee River and it's, it's a Tennessee River lake and uh, I didn't pre-fish. I'm just doing it right here, right now. And I feel like your chances of winning the tournament in August, you know, the dog days of summer is current situations like you need to be in tune with what's going on right now and not trying to fish in the past or something that you figured out two or three weeks ago because it changes so much. It's bit me in the hind end over the course of years and 
I like to stay fresh and relevant what's going on right now. So, like I said, it's hot. It's miserably hot. Current generation is going to be key. I mean, you know, all summer long here on the Tennessee River, they have not been running any water. It's really weird. It's been one of those years where I can't remember them not running water. I mean, they always run water at some point in the day, but it's just like they've just been letting it trickle through. And, you know, you get peak moments when they run the current. Like, you know, here at the house, you know, I saw the day where they ran 40,000 for, like, three hours. So if you can catch that window here at Wheeler where they run that current for three hours, you need to be in your best place at that time, and the fish will be set up to feed. So that's the whole deal is, you know, being the current. Hey, Wesley, real quick on that. Is there a way to, for our listeners who are kind of getting into the current situation, you talk about generation, which we know is key. Is there a way to find out when they actually run that uh, yeah, the Tennessee Valley Authority uh, has an app. It's called the TVA app. It's a free download. It tells you predicted generation schedules, predicted lake levels. Uh, it gives you all that, and it's categorized by each lake. It goes down through the whole system, and they're, they're in alphabetical order. I mean, it's just a touch of your fingers. It's so much faster. Used to, you had to call in, and you could only call in like eight hours before, 12 hours before they would give you the schedule. So, but now they got it predicted and all that. So it's it's another one of the technology things. You know, everything's that's a touch of a button now. So it's it's pretty cool. Well, Wesley, summertime, as you pointed out, generally a tough time to fish, and and with uh, minimal current running through the TBA lakes this year, you know, just the oppressive heat. It's been a hot year for sure. Um, you're hearing a lot of folks just at every ramp all over the country you know the water's too warm the fish aren't biting or it's just too hot for the fish to be active what will be your mental strategy when you're hearing doc talk like that and and how are you going to overcome that during this event i don't pay no attention to it i mean i've been doing this long enough that uh, you know a lot of my competitors or our competitors they try to get in your head they're trying to feel you out see what you're doing see if you're catching them if you're not catching them but for the most part, you know, it, it's hot, and I'll go against the opposite here. They say, well, the fish are not biting. It's too hot. That doesn't hold true with the way uh, a bass's makeup is. You know, bass is a cold-blooded animal, so the, the warmer the water gets, the more he has to eat because of metabolism right there. So you just have to be where he decides he wants to eat at or where he's feeding at. And a lot of times in, in these summertime situations, in the, heat of, uh, the dog days of summer, your fish suspend a lot, and suspended fish are the hardest fish to catch, but they are actively feeding. I mean, you're going to see, you know, coming into this cup tournament, there's going to be some of this schooling fish that's going to be a big factor in this tournament because that's just typically the Tennessee River in the summertime. That's about, you know, the end of July, 1st of August. That's when that's when they start getting into the schooling pattern. you got those shad that are uh, the yearling hatchlings. They're up about maybe an inch, inch and a quarter long now, and they're just, getting as many of those in their belly as they can get. So, you know, it's all about your bait presentation, matching the size of those shad and being in the right place and, and being able to figure out how to catch those fish that are scooping. All right, great stuff right there. It should be a very interesting tournament. Wesley, hang tight. We're going to take a short break. Bass Edge Radio will be right back with more Summertime Bassin' and FLW Tour Pro, Wesley Strader. Oh, oh, oh. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Fast Edge return with Heels Construction Pro Wesley Strader in our Angler Spotlight. Brought to you in part by MegaWare Keelguard. Be sure to check out additional products from MegaWare Keelguard on their website, keelguard.com. All right, Wesley, being a Tennessean, uh, we're kind of in that same latitude on the uh, the humidity scale. I'm from Missouri. You know, it's 95 degrees, 80, 83% humidity if we're lucky, no wind. How are you going to attack a reservoir when there is zero current? Well, this is what holds typically true on the Tennessee River. When you don't have any current, you want to stay off the main river. You don't want to be anywhere near that river channel because you're fishing the creeks or your sloughs or bays or whatever you want to call them. They don't tend to feed as much by, you know, current current oriented feeders. They're, you know, pretty much opportunistic feeders, and uh, that's the way I'm going to attack it. If there's no current, I'm going to be off the channel. If there's current, I'm going to be on the channel. But dead flat conditions are never good for anything. But uh, I'm going to approach it for the most part. I'm going to be doing what I like to do, which is shallow water flipping and uh, just covering as much ground as I can. You know, a lot of times fish don't bite out of hunger. They bite out of reaction. That's one of the reasons why flipping is such a good technique. It's a reaction bite. You're putting a bait right in front of their face, even though you can't see them. You're going on that assumption that every time you flip, you're putting that right in front of one's face. And a lot of times they bite out of reaction. So not to say you're going to catch a lot of a ton of big fish up shallow, but uh, I think you can catch enough to compete and maybe have a chance to win. That's perfect. I tell you what, Wesley, a little bit earlier you were talking about some schooling fish, late summertime tactics, and you know how that kind of starts to develop is a lot of times we start to see you know bait fish on our graph, you know, suspended up in the water column. Seems like this happens often, obviously, later in the summer months, and, and it also seems like it tends to occur later as the day goes on and the sun gets really high. What's your thought process of the best way to target deep water fish when these types of situations are occurring? Well, uh, the schooling activity gets better as the day progresses, and I think that's just because the shad start rising higher in the water column. And plus, the fish, they see those shadows. They're under the shadows of those bait balls. So they're kind of using those shad as shade. So the best way that I know how, and, and I like to trigger maybe some strikes that you know, is a, is a fish head spin. That's the, one of the original underspin baits that was produced uh it's produced by fish head. And uh, like I said earlier, I try to I try to match the hatch. I try to see what size bait they're schooling in or they're feeding in. And I'll either go with a, you know, like a super fluke junior or, or the original super fluke uh, in that color bait fish. It's probably going to be a thread fin shad, which is actually what's here right now, a thread fin shad. So I'm going to go with a pearl white and maybe take a little bit of a chartreuse marker and the chartreuse with the top of the back of my fluke. And uh, I'm going to put it on a 3-8 ounce head, quarter to 3-8 ounce head. I'm going to try to get that underneath those men and wind it pretty fast to trigger strike, make it think that man is trying to get away because that's basically the same thing you're trying to do with the fish relating to structure on the bottom. You're trying to trigger one fish out of that school of bite. If you trigger one fish to, to react to that bait, even if he's not going to eat that bait, he's going to trigger another one of those fish to try to run in front of that fish to get that bait. So it's all about triggering that fish. Same thing is out on a leg. So that's my approach when it comes to summertime fishing when it's suspended under bait. And certainly, as we all know, when you trigger that one-time fish, uh, mayhem hopefully follows suit thereafter, and you can load the boat pretty fast. Hey, let's go back to the shallow water technique that you are certainly uh, have made a very successful living at. When you're you're fishing shallow and you're targeting shallow fish this time of year in the summer, do you tend to rely on that depth zone more in the morning, or will you kind of push that you know push that pattern all day? No, you know, this is my general rule of thumb. Uh, I like to fish, you know, five foot or less, and uh, it depends on 
where I'm at, whether it's what, how the lake sets up, if it's uh, you know, if it's more rock or if it's floor or mud. From my experiences here at home, uh, the fish seem to uh, relate more with sand and mud. You know, when it's in the hot summertime. I mean, like uh, as yourself, you don't want to walk across the asphalt barefooted in the August heat. You know, with the sun out at 100 degrees, you'd rather walk across a you know sand or rock. And it's the same way with fish. You know, they don't want to get on the warmest thing they get. They want to. They want to be cool. And if you've ever walked in the water. You know, in the summertime, if you walk in mud or sand, you'll notice when your feet get down in the sand, you'll notice it's a little cooler. So the fish relate with a cooler bottom. So that's why I try to target five foot or less, and I try to target sand or mud or, or a soft composition bottom. So that's basically what I'm looking for. Man, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a great analogy. You know, I've been stuck on some mud flats in my time, and uh, you jump out of the boat, and you, it's, you know, 85-degree water temperatures. And, man, you're right. You know, you stick your feet in that mud, and it's nice and cool down there. You just hope you don't fall way down the top of your head. Isn't that how you got your boat U.S. sponsorship, Kurt? Because you got <laughs> stuck on a sandbar or something in the middle. Oh, okay, I'm That's sorry. Part, hey, hey, hey! You got it. You got to do what you got to do to make things yeah. happen. So uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, bad situations turn into good, right? Yeah, we don't have much nipple deep mud here. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's when you step out and you go up to nipples in mud. So that's uh, you're you're good. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, here we go. We've got the O'Reilly Auto Parts better parts. Better prices every day. Listener question. Today's question comes from Gary Boudreau from Illinois. Gary asks, and this is a great question for a Tennessee River guy. When fishing in a river with current flowing one direction and wind blowing the opposite direction, how should I be casting and working my lure? Well, that's a great question, but it's kind of a, a loaded question because it depends on what style of fishing you're doing and where you're at. If you're out fishing ledges, it's totally different. If you're fishing up shallow, if you're fishing up shallow, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because if you have power poles on your boat, if you're fishing shallow, it really doesn't matter. You can set up ever how you want to, and you can pull down and say you're fishing a dock, it's in the current. If the wind's blowing harder than the current, it's pushing you one way. I like to go downwind, power pole with my boat facing upstream, and, and be able to fish around it. Now, when you're fishing out on a ledge, totally different because now you run into the problem of well now the wind's pushing against the current i can't get my presentation my bait to go where i want it to so now you got to adjust for the wind it just depends which is stronger if the current's stronger i'll fish into the current if the wind's stronger i'll fish into the wind so it makes it a little hectic when you're casting your lures but that's the way i like to do it so in general you want your you, it sounds like you always want to kind of try and present your lure with the current no matter what whatever you can do to keep that lure flowing with the current yes unless like i said if you're fishing shallow it really doesn't matter you're just trying to even it doesn't matter which way the current's going you can position yourself with your power poles and set up and be able to make the presentation you need to make but like you said it depends on which is stronger i don't like if you're ledge fishing if the wind's stronger you want to be fishing that wind current if the water current is stronger you want to present your bait with the water current in the same direction good stuff there and thanks wesley for answering uh, that question for gary hey gary great question but you've got to be sure to send us an email at support at bassedge.com letting us know you heard your answer here on the show and we'll send out that o'reilly auto parts gift card and reminder all those bass edge listeners send in your questions you can get a guy like wesley straighter letting you know how he's going to do it out there on the water and also taking home that o 
O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Send that question into Support at Bass Edge. Also, leave them as comments or remarks on our Facebook and Twitter media pages. Hey, Wesley, it's been great having you here on Bass Edge. You want to leave us with some words of wisdom as you uh, kind of go back into practicing for the Forest Wood Cup? Just like I always say, you know, if you have a dream, follow your dream. I said it earlier. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I ain't worked a day in my life in about 18 years now. So. Well, neither is, <laughs> you know, neither is Kurt. Sharp, but... <laughs> positive, you line tight. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good. Okay, say that again one more time. I like that saying. Keep it sharp and pole bent and you line tight. <laughs> That's it right there. That's good stuff. That's straight from uh, Wesley Strader out there in East Tennessee. Love to hear it. Dude, I'm going to be rooting for you to do well at the Cup. Certainly, hopefully, to run into you in the last few uh, opens later on this year. Bass Edge is going to take a short break. We'll return right after these messages. This is Pro Angler Matt Reed. Stay tuned. Aaron and Kurt will be right back. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Man, you got to love those East Tennessee guys. They're no strangers to the microphone. Wesley Strader bringing the goods. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that old Zach Brown song. Got my, uh, what is it, something in the sand, toes in the water, or, you, you know, where you're sitting on the on the shoreline. I can't really say it otherwise to keep us uh, PG-13. But when he brought up the comment about uh, running your feet in the sand and mud in the summertime because of the cooler water, that's where he finds the bass hanging out to get uh, a little cooler temperature going. Yeah, totally get that. Uh, As mentioned in the interview, one thing I really picked up that I thought was great is when you're creeping into August, start looking for those schooling fish. You know, there are definitely a lot of changes that start to happen. Seems like the more in tune that these depth finders are getting and everything, we're really understanding lots more about these deep water fish and some of those behavioral patterns of the bait, which is uh, super important of how they react and what they do and what are some of the best techniques to target them as summer progresses. And it uh, seems like the bottom bouncing baits, you know, especially in June, once those fish get post-spawn, start to get out deep, they really concentrate on being on the bottom. But as the summer progresses and, uh, you know, late July, now we're into August and even going to happen into early September down south is uh, those fish really start to relate to the bait that starts rising in that water column and it takes a totally different presentation to be more consistent with catching fish so uh be sure bass edge listeners you look out for some of those changes of course you know i say early september here is still summertime in south but uh, if you're up in new york i've been up in new york in in uh, early september and uh, it's it fall is already coming up there so uh, geographically a lot of different things going to be happening but love that summertime fishing and um certainly you know again big shout out to wesley strader for a great interview on uh, the cusp of a huge event, the FLW Cup. No doubt. And Kurt, you bring up a 
great point. Just want to reiterate, the days are getting shorter. Hard to believe. You talk about it in the north, and certainly it's happening down in the Midwest to the south. That photo period that we talk so many times about, that just because that air temperature is still hot, those bass are really in tune. Their calendar runs off the lunar clock. And, uh, you know, as that daylight gets shorter, they're going to start making those moves, you know, the closer that we start getting into that September, October. So fish are going to be on the move. Still, like you said, though, pretty hot. Got to keep that sunscreen on. Stay safe out on that water. Stay hydrated. Be safe. Watch out for those recreational boaters. Um, Speaking of running out of daylight, we have uh, officially ran out of daylight with this episode. So for 237, for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. Don't forget, two weeks, we will be right back, and you are not going to want to miss this guest as we tackle. uh, I'll just leave it as a surprise. We'll see you next time, everybody. So long. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.